there, everybody. Sorry, I was uh, having a little internet challenge. Yeah. I am going to say a prayer and then open us up. So glad to be with you today. Very, very glad. It's a joy to me to connect with you. So we take a breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful that love is all that we are. Love is our true identity. Infinite love, divine intelligence is the way. (laughs) It's our way. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to divine insight, wisdom, and clarity. Partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self and remembering and recognize the fullness, recognizing the fullness of love as our very nature. Whole and complete are we. And this is what we're willing to see for everyone that comes into our life. We are grateful and thankful to support each other and our loved ones and everyone who comes into our life and know that they are the Christ, that they are perfect love. They always have been and they always will be. So we're grateful to recognize it truly, to remember it always. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing and expanding conversation with everyone. We dedicate ourselves to remembering and recognizing the truth. In gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. So I am going to take us interactive. If you need to self-mute, please do so. Otherwise, right away, I'm going to ask you to say hello. Yeah, so here we go, interactive. And uh, why don't we start with uh, folks on the West Coast? (laughs) Hello, Carla. Hey, Carla. And folks on the East Coast. Uh, Linda's here in Pennsylvania. Hey, Linda. Hey. And this is Lori in Wilmington. Hey, Lori. Hey, Jennifer. And then in the middle. Hi, this is Connie. Hi, Connie. Hey. So before we get into uh, whatever you folks would like to talk about, which I look forward to, I'd just like to ask, and uh, Lori, you're unmuted, so we're hearing your noise there. Um, Just like to uh, ask you all, how do you like having the community call uh, the day before this call? And would you like to change that? Are you happy with that? So just any input you have on that. Like to change it, like to keep it. Um, well, this is Linda. I initially thought it might be nice to have it after our class call just so that we could discuss anything that was brought up in class. But right. um, it seems to be working out fine, so either way is fine. You Would you like to have any, um, like, two weeks between the two calls so that they're not just back-to-back? Or it's fine? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that might be nice just because then we would have um, more support 
uh, evenly spread out throughout the month. Mm-hmm. Anybody have any other thoughts? And welcome, Christy. Thank you so much. Glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just asking people if they like having the two calls, the community call and the class call back-to-back, or would you rather have yeah. them spread out? Um, I kind of picked up on the tail end of what Linda was saying about maybe having the community call right after the training call. That sounded like a good idea. But then the other good idea that you came up with, which was spreading them out, also seemed appealing. So I don't know. Obviously, I'm indecisive. I'm fine with whatever <laughs> you guys decide. <laughs> now, the other thing is, is really, if you'd like to have more community calls, you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you'd like to have a, a second community call, two weeks, you know, sort of in the middle, uh, so you'd have a community call um, maybe every other week or something like that, um, uh, you know, at the beginning, let's say at the beginning of the month, because this is the middle of the month, and and we could move the uh, call that was yesterday to the day after uh, the class call. Anybody else have thoughts? Okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I kind of like that idea because not everyone can make it on a community call. Like, I couldn't do it last night, so it gives people a second shot at it, you know, in the same month. Right. If they can't make one call, they might be able to make another. Right. Yep, and perhaps you could have one in, uh, you know, the morning part or the afternoon, one in the evening, something like that. Yeah. How many people are in the program now? Ten? Eight? <sighs> to be honest, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. I, I'm not okay. uh, that close of metrics counter. Okay. I just, I just didn't know if, if we were all – and we have – most people are in America except one – is it Allison? Is in um, – No, Allison's in the, Colorado. The, Oh, I thought she was in the UK. Okay. Uh-uh. Great. Yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts? This is Connie, and I like the idea of having one maybe in the evening and one in the afternoon because evening is a little challenging for me with my work schedule, and I tend to be a little more open in the afternoon. Okay, great. Final thoughts? I like the thought of having them spaced out, so two a month, and I like the thought of, uh, yeah, I like that thought of having two community calls just like that and then um, having one perhaps right after the call that we have with you because I like to have a chance to possibly discuss what was said or what it brought up for us. Great. All right. I will put that in motion. And if anybody has any more thoughts about it, can always email. And um, another question for you is, for our class call, would you prefer to be on the video platform? I know that um, Christy and Connie are not familiar with that, nor is Lori really. But if you're you're doing the Sacred Circle 
training, um, which I believe you all are, um, then you've you've had some experience with that. So that's a much larger group. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're talking about like using Zoom. Yeah. Do you what? Would you like to use that, or would you? Are you happy with the phone? I like the idea mm-hmm. of using. I think it's fun to see everybody, and you still have the option to uh, call in with your phone if you're not available for a video call. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you just uh you can either just call in on the phone or you can call in on the video and you can effectively mute your video. In other words, we don't see you. Uh but oh, we can yeah, hear you. That, yeah, I like that idea then. Yeah, it's best of both worlds. Yeah. Cuz that way you can Yeah, if you're doing your naked aerobics while you're listening, uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. you can still. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I know for that Christy, visual. You like Thank that. you for that you visual. Like that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and the appetite is now killed. <laughs> oh, hey now. Hey now. You I figured think, out what my noises good. were. You figured out what my noises were. Yes, your background noise. The naked aerobics. Yeah. Okay. We got the logistics out of the way. So I have not listened to yesterday's call. And part of why I brought this up is because I don't get a chance to listen to it. Uh, um, There's not enough real. It's anyway, it's a challenge for me to get it listened to before. But any questions that have come up, any questions that you'd like to, any subjects at all that you'd like to talk about? All right, then I'll just pray us out. And... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go do my naked aerobics. <laughs> do them on my YouTube channel. <laughs> It'll be the number one channel throughout the whole country. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but... Yeah. I was wondering Actually, if... I had a... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Linda. No. I was wondering if there was a, um, like, a length of time that we're expected to complete um, all of our sessions and our workbooks to send to you. That has not come up. So the first people who came into the um, counseling certification program, um, it's been, two and a half years. Um, Amina and Rainbow. Rainbow completed. Amina has not. Um, I don't know that she is going to complete because she's doing other things. It doesn't seem to be pressing on her list right now, and um, which is fine. Uh, I... If that if that appears to be an issue for anyone, I I will let you know. Okay. Yeah. Most of you, uh, well, some of you are chugging right along. So. Yeah, I have a lot of work to do still in my workbooks, but um, 
I'm just going with whatever spirit's guiding me to do right now. So <laughs> good. I know it'll all get done eventually. You know, I would like to. Uh, I know some of you have heard Lori talk about um, her success um, last year in this area. And um, maybe for those who haven't, Lori, you want to just give a few headlines? Oops, she's doing her naked aerobics. <laughs> no, I had you um, I had you on mute because I'm actually making an apple crisp right now. So I was like a gluten-free one. So I was like, oh, I got to unclick the mute. Um, well, some of my headlines are I my relationship with my brother has completely done a 180 and uh in a way that I never thought possible and on top of that just as it was all finishing up my brother found this paperwork from after my mom passed away probably about 7 years ago and he said, oh, it's so funny. This paperwork's been on my desk for a couple years, and I just came across it again. I'm going to fill it out. And uh, and I said, okay. And it was right at the time where I was really in gratitude over the fact that we were really getting along. And, and I had done a lot of healing around my mom, too. And so he filled out this paperwork. He sent it into the state of New York. And just recently... Um, <laughs> Seven years after she was after she had passed, the state of New York sent my brother and I both checks for twelve hundred dollars, and it was just funny because it was totally unexpected. And I had just said that I wanted to go to Europe for my fiftieth birthday this year, and it was kind of like a wrap up to all of it. My mom was saying, "Go," and I'm so happy your brother and you are talking and you're 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 together. And so it's just that was a culmination of the work that I've done um, that I'm so grateful for. And my business has tripled, and um, I don't know. I've I got a new car this year. I got an amazing dog on the heels of losing an amazing dog. Um, I live with a roommate now, which I never thought possible because I was always convinced I had to live alone because everybody else would annoy me. And we get along really, really great. Um, the, those are some of the highlights. There are so many more, but those are the ones I can think of right now. And uh, my next one is a relationship, which I had my one-on-one -on -one with you last week. And uh, so, Yeah. Everything is going amazing in my life. And actually, the latest is there's a new restaurant that opened downtown that's this beautiful, gourmet, amazing restaurant. And the owner just called me the other day and said, I heard about you. And would you be willing to come in and talk to me? Because I'd love to um, talk to you about hiring you once a week or once every two weeks to come in and give readings. And I was like, Okay, so things are just showing up. It's I'm not pushing things in the world of form to make things happen anymore. 
I think that's the biggest thing. Being the the work in the invisible is just proving itself again and again. Yeah. Exactly. And what I also know and what I remember from the time we were together in North Carolina last year, that you set clear goals and intentions for yourself. I I saw you because I was looking at you, you were looking at me, and um, I saw how day after day you, you were like, oh, I see how I can apply this. Oh, I see how I can use this. Oh, I see. I see how this will work. And you really have been willing to apply it. And and that's the thing. You know, we all have resistance and reluctance. So you've done a lot of application this year, Lori, uh, last, you know, in the last year, in the last six months, we could say. Um, and yet, do you encounter any resistance or reluctance? Um, not really. I I had an interesting thing come up yesterday, but then this morning right away I was shown the miracle in what happened. So mm -hmm. if it does, it comes quickly on the heels of this is what the lesson was. So, um, oh, and I went down four dress sizes. That was the other thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, no, I it's it's amazing the shift of how I used to view doing the spiritual work was compared to what it really became and what it's becoming. You know, I used to think that it was something that. I had to set aside a half an hour here to do this process or 45 minutes here to do this one. Or, and there are things now that I do in under a minute that shift it. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the biggest thing, just making it portable. Yes. So A Course of Miracles tells us, thank you, Lori. A no, Course of Miracles. A Course of Miracles tells us that our willingness is all that's required. This is what I did my radio show on last week. And it also says, in fact, there's nothing more that you can do than just be really willing. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. And the rest is the release from the bondage of our opinions and judgments if we're willing to let them go. Now, because our mind is the mind of God, what we hold in our mind is going to come to fruition. And the mind of God, the power of God is impersonal. It's really impersonal. So if we hold in our mind that we are a benevolent, loving presence in all of our relationships, we're going to see that rippling out and we'll have so many opportunities to be it, to demonstrate it, and to see it mirrored back to us. If we hold in our mind that we're not worthy, that we have problems, that we need to be fixed, we're going to see that mirrored back to us and we're going to see that rippling 
through our life experiences. The mind of God is impersonal. It's just going to show us and demonstrate according to what we choose to think. It does not sift and sort and say, I know she keeps thinking she's such a loser, but she doesn't really mean it. She's trying so hard, so we're just going to cancel all these thoughts that she can't do it so that she can do it. The universe just does not work that way because if it did, it wouldn't be such a great teacher for us. And so what the universe is constantly telling us is that we have the power. It's about us. It's about our decision. So that's the thing that we're holding the face for, for every client that we're working with. And so um, those of you who have been doing this work with clients, you can see that they have their willingness. And when you hold the space with them, it's tremendous what can happen. When you know no obstacle, it helps them to eliminate any idea or belief in obstacles. And so this is the gift that we can share. And so knowing all of this, what I strongly encourage every one of you to do is to do that New Year's reboot work. Um, I, I taught the New Year's reboot uh, differently than I've taught it every other year. And um, really giving people this lay out everything that you'd like to experience this year. Just really write it all out and then write a letter to me or yourself, to a loved one, as though it's already happened and it's one year later. And write it all out in detail with lots and lots and lots of layers of gratitude and thanksgiving all the way through. And you're going to have an amazing year. Now, the thing is, too, of course, is how much attention you keep on it. Um, because this this is one of the things that people are most hesitant to do, is to keep their attention on what they'd like. I know one of the things that many people have said to me over the years is, wow, Jennifer, I noticed that you get an idea to do something and you just do it. And, and when people first started saying this to me, I would just look at them and I think, well, yeah, why wouldn't I do it? And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. A lot of people get ideas for things, but they don't do them. And I just thought, yeah, well, I, I get a ton of ideas that I don't do. I do so many. I, I can't do any more. <laughs> so it's, but it's because I'm not trying to make things happen. I'm really looking at spirit to light the way and allow it to happen. So this is what we're teaching. This is what we're learning. We're learning it and teaching it simultaneously. And that's really what a lot of the best teachers do, is they're learning and teaching. They're teaching what they're learning. So um, those of you who are coaches, don't you notice that your clients come to you, they're struggling to accomplish things, but with you holding them accountable, it helps them to keep the goals right in front of them so that they actually accomplish them. 
Lori, any of those things that you experienced last year, did you have goals around any of them? No, I didn't. It was the first year that I did not have, like, for years I had goals and how it had to look, but the shift was I went for what I was desiring to feel instead of what I wanted it to look like, and that yeah. was the game changer. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about is how, what would you like, how would you like to feel at the end of the year in every area of your life? Your spirituality, the way you feel about your body, the way you feel about your home, the way you feel about your relationships, the way you feel about your work, the way you feel about your clients, um, your creativity, your finances, all these areas. And to me, having the goal of feeling that way is a very tangible goal. A lot of times we'll approach it from the point of view, and you'll you know this from working with clients that people will come to you and they say, "I just want to stop feeling this." So turning that around to this is how I'd like to feel, and I'm going to let spirit take me there. I'm finding too that. Um holding myself accountable and being responsible for how I feel and knowing how I can bring myself to feeling the way that I would like to feel when I when I don't do it is when I fall into that feeling of despair and unworthiness and doubt mm. so that's that's one of my um, aspirations this year is to really live that mm-hmm. uh, I'm responsible for what I see quote and mm-hmm. um, really hold myself accountable for feeling the way that I want to feel and living the way that I want to live mm and being guided by the Spirit for all of it. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer, I'll add to that. When I first started doing it, because I had gone so many years with not connecting with how I felt, mm. and trying to intellectualize it, I was to the point where I had to, you know, I had real resistance to doing the deep desire because I'm like, feeling, why do I want to feel a certain way? Feeling is scary. Feeling is dangerous. Like, I I had all these stories around what feeling meant, and then I was just like, okay, well, what if you just picked the feeling word and looked at the divine qualities and picked them? But... It it took me a little while to be able to be okay with what feeling was and allowing myself to feel. Yeah, good point. That was one of the that was probably 
the biggest hurdle for me was being willing to feel my feelings. I was terrified of feeling my feelings. I thought literally I would just explode. This is Christy. I am, you know, that whole concept that Lori's describing is what I'm going through now. And, of course, I did this exercise with you guys um, at the retreat, uh, Jennifer. And what's come up for me in the last, okay, so the first 10 days of January, after I left the retreat, um, I found myself sucked into all of the emails, webinars, seminars, everything on go, go, go. It's it's a new year, grind, hustle, do your goals. And, you know, map it out, get a blueprint. Where are you going with your business? Where are you going with your life? Break it down into four quarters. And I was able to stay focused on how I wanted to feel, but I really am struggling. I'm, I'm over that hurdle of the grind, the goal-setting grind, you know, that the ego loves to uh, roll around in, but I am so addicted to needing to control how it looks. Um, even when I do meditations and visualizations, um, I'm finding it helpful to do meditations just around feeling and not really try to attach, you know, what it looks like. And I've done some work um, in with you know trading spiritual counseling sessions around letting go of what the ideal feeling will gel into in the world of form. Um, Because I like to get way down deep into the details of, well, it's going to look like this, 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 and this, and have this particular schedule and all the details. And um, I don't, you know, I was laughing with Lori about this. I think it was last week or the week before. I, I do this with money. I say to myself, okay, um, you know, I'm going to receive this amount of money and it's got to come this this particular way. And I analogized it with Lori and said, can you imagine if I told you I'm coming to your house, I'm driving from Atlanta to North Carolina, and you said, awesome, can't wait to see you, but I need you to take this particular freeway and then that highway and this side road, and if you don't take that route, don't even ring my freaking doorbell. Like, if you don't show up the way I'm telling you to show up, <clears throat> then don't don't show up as, as the gift, right? The, we're trying to control, I'm trying to control the way, the, the gift, the ultimate feeling, the ultimate manifestation shows up, and I've got blinders on to any other miraculous way. I mean, even if I said to Lori, look, don't worry about how I arrive, I'm... Just trust me, I'm going to get there. I know a different route. It's shorter, faster, better, more scenic, more beautiful, easier. Um, <clears throat> but I'm doing this around this new sensation of how should things, you know, I want to feel prosperous, affluent, and abundant. But here's the way that it has to come to me. Does that make sense? Sure does. And you know what it reminds me of, Christy? That's very well articulated, very well observed. Um, and what I, I I started thinking of, of all the clients who get really attached to how their spouse has to show up in their life and, and all kinds of things like that, or their children. And I I just thought of this um, this woman I know who she had this, 
I don't know, some kind of seem to be evolving possible romance with uh, a man. Um, and she was pretty attached to him, had been, you know, seeing this slow drip evolution for a while in their relationship. And then she went away in a new environment and she met this other man and had a quick, hot little thing with him. And he was older. He had gray hair. And she came back from that trip and she said, I don't know, you know, this gray-haired guy, like, what? And I felt so disloyal to this other guy. I'm like, I just said to her, I said, she's a friend of mine, not a client. I said, that other guy, come on, he's gay. We know he's gay. You've never even slept with him. What loyalty do you have to him? <laughs> you know, but this guy, well, now um, they've been married for 15 years. The gray-haired guy, you know, it's just, but, you know, initially she was like, oh, that's not how I, I don't see myself with a gray-haired guy who works in a nuclear power plant. I just, no, I don't see that, you know, I'm so progressive and he's kind of militaristic and, you know, but I swear to God, these two are 15 years later, they're like, they're still on their honeymoon. So we we so have to not think about the package. Yes. And yes. and the way to do that is to really get into the feeling of it. And that's the deep desire of the heart. And that's why that thing is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Because we don't mm-hmm. get attached to the picture. Yeah. You know, it's it's so antithetical to everything that's going on, though. Like, it, when you ask that question of Lori, like, you know, did you set goals? Like, we're taught, create a vision board, clip out pictures from a magazine. And so what I find is that if I do that, I get very attached to what I think the highest and best is for me um, because that's all that I know. But but if you look at, like, the world of of how things can be delivered to you, you know, there's a million – you know, pathways and trails to the top of the mountain. I'm standing on one side of the mountain, and I can only see, you know, one trail in front of me. And I've, and that's how I've always gotten to the top of the mountain. So I have no idea. And Spirit could be saying, Christy, you don't even have to climb up. I'm going to send a helicopter for you. Like, exactly. or, yeah, and our, I think for, for spiritual counseling with our clients as well, um, so much so much that's a part of life that feels disappointing to people is that it's not matching the picture in their head of how it's supposed to be. And that causes all this expectation and they feel unsettled and cheated or they spend a lot of time trying to struggle and control to make it look the way that it should look in their mind. Um, and that's really what I'm coming to terms with myself because I can imagine that 80% of suffering is due to, you know, what we talked about, the attachment of the way money comes to you, um, the way love appears in your life, the way adventure, joy, bliss, happiness, anything um, comes to you. Like, and I read something the other day that said, stop making assumptions that in your stage of evolution of consciousness that you know what's going to make you happy 
in, in part B, C, D, and E. Like the caterpillar is imagining as it's laying in its little cocoon everything it thinks it's going to want. But does it know what the butterfly will want or need for happiness? No, it has no concept. Right. So stop. Yeah, we can divest ourselves and we can help our clients understand that that feeling tone, that vibration will will bring you infinitely more um, of the good stuff if we stop putting a picture around it. And the funny thing is, is that when I am very, you know, the whole law of attraction, like, you know, in that movie, they tell you to sit on your couch and imagine your red, you know, uh, sports car. Like, imagine driving it, feeling it. But what if it's not, you know, a Mustang or a Camaro? What if, what if it's a Bugatti? You know, like, we limit ourselves. Or what if the, the craving drops away altogether for that thing that you're you're pining away for? So I love hearing stories like what Lori's describing, it, that evolution from it has to look this way to, oh, my gosh, it exceeded my wildest dreams because I wasn't being, you know, anal retentive about what it needed to look like. So that's where I'm at with all of that. You know, in A Course in Miracles, um, I forget exactly where it is. I think it's in the workbook where Jesus says, stop. And I always think he says it like this. This is the way I hear it when I read it. It says, he says, stop thinking you know what would make you happy. You don't know. Right. Stop thinking you know. You do not know. Okay. And that's the thing is, the ego, for the ego to give up what it thinks will make it happy, is like taking candy from a baby. You know, they say taking candy mm-hmm. from a baby is easy. But, uh, yeah, you can take it from the baby, but that baby is going to start screaming. Mm-hmm. That That baby is going to pitch a fit, right? Because... Mm-hmm. That baby wants that candy. You know, mm-hmm. that's it's happiness. So when we when we're doing this spiritual work and we say just give up all attachment to how you think it should be, but focus on how you'd like to feel, then you're in the God zone. You're you're leaving the ego behind and the ego's gonna start to scream. But the thing is, we really can easily, easily, if we desire, we can easily let that ego scream for a while and we just listen to it scream. Like, yeah, but it's not me that's screaming. The ego is screaming, but it's not me. I am not the ego. I am not the one who is screaming. Mm, that's an interesting distinction. Mm-hmm. Where we can really, we, that you know, it's the, that really getting in there, in that gap, and really realizing, okay, yes, there's this great attachment, this yearning, this craving, this needing, this wanting, or even an aversion, but it's not me, it's the ego. Mm-hmm. So it's like identification. Mm-hmm. So it was... Yeah, it was because... Good. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, you got you got. Well, I was just going to say in um, 
the year one class last night, I was just very quickly explaining how Earth works in the mind and and uh, manifestation, and uh, so uh, Spirit had given me a, a new way to articulate it, which I just love. It's so perfect. It said, um, the ego's like a puppet, and the the puppet, if you if it's a hand puppet, let's say, you put your hand inside the puppet, and then the puppet, you can pick things up. You, the puppet can throw things. The puppet can have a fit. The puppet can hit somebody. And the puppet can hug somebody and comfort somebody. The puppet can do all kinds of things when you put your hand in it and you animate it. But you take the puppet off of your hand and you lay it on the table, the puppet has no power. And that's how the ego is. The ego is a thought system that allows us to have the experience of being separate. But there is no separation. It's just an illusion. It's not real. So the the ego, like the pup, it, it can't self-animate. It can't be anything unless we put our attention in. So when we start to withdraw our attention from then it just it has to fritter and die because it has no power of its own it's just like that puppet you put it on the table that puppet is can't run after you and say come back here don't leave me i need you i am you you're nothing without me right the puppet just lays there it has nothing it can't it's it's nothing And that's exactly how the ego is. Does that make sense? Yes. But my ego is sort of like the Chucky doll sometimes. You know, like it it will, it's, it seems to self-animate even right. if I'm like, I'm leaving you here, right? I'm leaving leaving you here. And that's really like my work in January has been around um, cutting off that codependent relationship between the puppet master and the the puppet because I am not completely convinced and I'm going to have to do divine experiments that by focusing on the feeling of what I want that it's actually going to be in my highest and best. It's an amazing phenomenon that my ego still thinks that sure. it really knows what's best. It's still trying to one-up uh, all of my spiritual work. So, like when Lori was describing how, you know, for instance, the thing that I'm able to envision the best is money, you know, the the surprise, the miracle around um, how money comes to her. Like she never would have guessed that this particular company would have ever hired her to do that work or, you know, things have a way of working out when we surrender. Um, and it's that surrendering of the the planning, controlling, um, I know what's best, or I've seen something that looks really juicy and tasty, or this is the way that it's always worked in the past. And if I don't do this work now in spiritual counseling training, it will be hard for me to hold that vision for my clients to say, can you let go of the idea that you have to have that job, that house, that spouse, you know, that trip, you, you, you know, like 
can you can you let go of that? I need to speak from gut level, real life, consistent experience, personal experience. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. And I was even trying to talk. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Well, and think of what happened in December. With you. Well, something crazier happened after that. I'll call it crazy, but but it's really miraculous. So I did that work. Yeah, so I released those two clients around the money. Huge amounts of money came. Then I went to the retreat. I did more work at the retreat around it. Within two days, Jennifer, I came home, and both clients had called me and are sending me money. So it really took me loosening my claws up out of that situation of the way it should be, that they should be paying me. Um, And it was like, Holy Spirit, just I felt like, you know, the analogy you gave at the retreat was, you know, I'd had my face in the mud and I was just really being pressed up against the, the clutching of they owe me the money, they need to pay me now. I was able to release it just for, uh, you know, a willingness to release it just for a short period of time. More money flowed in through unexpected avenues. When I did even more work at the retreat around release, forgive, how do I want to feel, let go of my of residual, because it was still coming back to grip me occasionally. It would cross my mind and I'd be like, you know, grumbling internally about it. Um, but within two days of coming home from the retreat, I, one of them called me after ignoring all my calls, emails, and letters for six weeks and said, oh, I've already put a check in the mail, and I'm, I'd like a payment plan for the rest. And the other said, yes, I'm sending you all of the money within the next three weeks. So it, it is. I mean, it, it just it really boils down to am I a vibrational match for what I want? Or am I trying to, you know, shoehorn my way into the dream life that I think is going to make me um, blissful and ecstatic? Yes, and and uh, as I talked about in the intensive that you're demonstrating here, Christy, I think it's really helpful if I point this out. In this experience, you're recognizing through a living demonstration that is irrefutable that God is your source and only you can block the flow. Mm-hmm. And, and it, what's so amazing is that we block the flow even by holding any idea at all that we know what's best for us. Yeah. Or that we know what's possible. I was I was saying to Lori, who's to say that you can't hold a vibration that you desire some, you know, pretty radical experiences? And we were just, we happen to be talking about money, but, you know, most of us are accustomed to thinking in terms of, well, maybe I'll receive $1,000 or, you know, maybe I'll receive, you know, $10,000, right, over a certain period of time. And we manipulate time in relation to, to the gift of money, like, Oh, I couldn't possibly receive that amount of money. Where would it possibly come from? That sounds bizarre. But what if we did this divine, I was halfway trying to rope her into an experiment with me, but like what if 
what if you what if we held the consciousness as a group that that we were going to manifest you know radical amounts of money and just worked or or abundance or joy adventure whatever it is that you feel you can hold that strong vibration around and just start recording what happens almost like a before and after book you know like um you know testimonials like this is what the spiritual counseling you know trainees did in 2016 and then in 2017 this was the before picture and this is the after so that it feels i mean for me to wrap my mind around it it feels concrete to hear those kinds of before and after stories like this is what happens when you expand your consciousness and let go of the know-it-all christy if you remember it was (laughs) right it was during our our session where you were saying that and i was like yeah I'm in. And and it was during that session I got that text from my brother with a picture of the $1,200 check, and I called you right back. And I said, yes, it's already <laughs> working. Yes. But I really am fascinated with the idea that the limitations that, like, if we can blow past these limitations in our consciousness as spiritual counselors, we can hold space for you know, like Jennifer, you're all you're you're already there. Like you can hold space for us because you've seen radical stuff happen. Mm-hmm. But this is my this is my my dream is to see is to see it manifest in our lives so that we can hold space for our clients and just because it can create tremendous shifts if you think about you know what could happen. I think that's wonderful, and that's how I like to roll, too. And let me also just say that in that, and uh, we've got somebody here. Oh, Linda, I'm just going to, can you self-mute, Linda? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, That what about taking a, there's nothing wrong with that. And what about taking a quantum leap over that and saying, maybe I don't need any proof. Maybe I can just go live that way now. Mm -hmm. And what it takes is going back to that willingness. We just have to have the willingness for the Holy Spirit to walk us through it, to it, in and around it. And we don't have to actually learn. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, stop setting up a laboratory of radical miracles for our group and just go ahead and and, and let spirit do the heavy lifting. I'm not saying to stop doing that because there's nothing wrong with that, you know. All of that can be extremely helpful and it's also not necessary because you see then our learning is conditional and it it doesn't have to be because we have direct access to the one mind where everything is already known so we don't have to learn things we can just remember what we already know oh yes so that that's the space that we're moving towards as spiritual counselors that we hold the knowing so clearly for someone 
just like Jesus did when people would say, thank you, Jesus, for my healing, and he'd say, why thank me? Your faith is what made you whole. The faith is the quantum leap fuel. And so, you know, a quantum leap is, uh, you know, it's a scientific (coughs) term for when a particle moves from one place to another without traveling in time. So it just, it's here, and then it's there, and there's no time traveling. There's no distance traveled. You don't see a journey that you can track. You just go from here to there without traveling. And so to me, this is what we can do. And we're being called to just remember, oh, this is how it works. And that's why doing things in density and pushing form is so displeasing to us. It's so happy-making to the ego. Look at all the effort. Look at all the effort. Look what I've done. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about my journey, right? But in spirit, we, we're we beginning to remember now, really, collectively, we don't have to do it that way anymore. Yeah, that's that's totally exhilarating. Yeah, I mean there are just and there's so many ways that spirit is trying to show us this right now. So for instance, it used to be that if I wanted to buy a notebook, like today I bought a notebook, but I didn't go to the store. but I bought a notebook and soon my notebook will be in my hand, but I didn't have to go to the store. I didn't have to talk with anyone. It was very easy and simple because I bought it online. Yes. This is what I was telling Lori. I said, the the whole principle of this is that we've made up rules about how we have to receive things. You have to get in your car, drive off the depot, buy the notebook. I have to serve this many clients, this many hours, charge this in order to receive that many. We've even made up a rule that that income has to be has to come from work. Right. God, God didn't God didn't make up that rule. Exactly. Like, that's, not, that's not the law of the universe. So what? So how can you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just mind blown right now. Yeah, in my New Year's Reboot class, I was saying that one year, um, I don't know, a dozen years ago or whatever it was, I said, I'm going to stop working for money this year. I'm only going to work for love from now on. And I'm going to live without fear, too, because I had fear around money and paying my bills. And, And that was a big shift in my life because I did move into a place of working for money. It didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. That shift was made, working for love, and then money naturally was coming towards me, and more money than when I was working for money. So, um, and now, the way I work now, there's no equation between how much money I make and how much work I do. I work because I love to work. I I love to work. And, um, you know, a lot of times, I I mean, I'll go, like, go to the Course in Miracles conference. 
that was at least five days of my time. Plus, there was prep stuff that I had to do and emails I had to write and things I had to send and all kinds of stuff like that. I didn't make a nickel. In fact, the whole thing cost me money and five days of my time, you know. So um, if I was trying to get money for that, I'd be very disappointed and bummed out, right? I'd be counting on that. But but I know the money's going to come somewhere else. And I had an experience this year, Christy, where um, I went to Germany and um, I felt so called to go to Germany. I've been feeling it for a couple of years. And I'd been to Germany before to teach. And I really felt I have to go to Germany this year. I can feel it. And so I just put out an email to the database. Uh, It's possible for me to go to Germany this, whatever it was, September. If you would like to host me, let me know, and then I'll come. And um, this woman who really had not much going on at all, she bravely said, if you will come to my little town, I will do everything I can to introduce you to some people and um, make a space for you to teach. And hardly anybody came. The first workshop, one person came. And then, um, you know, a few other people came, very, very small crowd. But the work we did together was so deep and so transformational. And everybody was all in because there was nowhere to hide. And so for me, it was very fulfilling. But I remember, because I have a responsibility for a whole ministry, I remember <coughs> that um, that the first night I was there, I thought, my ego thought, okay, God, did I do the right thing coming here? I felt it so strongly, but I just did a workshop for one person. <laughs> and we don't even know if two people are going to show up tomorrow. And I've come a long way to be here. And there's, you know, expense. Am I being a good steward of the funds of the ministry? And my gut feeling was all is well. So I said, okay. I could trust that. I'm used to trusting that. The next day, the ministry got the biggest donation we've ever gotten. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it paid for the trip ten times over. That's what I'm talking about. That kind of amazing... Yeah, what you said was, was the key for us as spiritual counselors is to break all attachments that we have or allow spirit to dissolve all those attachments that we have with these equations, that word. There's no equation any longer between the amount of money that the ministry receives or you receive and how much work you do. There's no equation between the efforting that the ego does to, to improve its life, its pretend life, and the miracles that can unfold, right? If yes. we if we surrender it, yeah. And that's what the Course tells us. This is what I talked about last week, not today, but last week, about the little willingness. In the Course, in the little willingness section, it, that's what it says. It says, your little willingness is all. It's all that you can do. It's arrogance for you to think you can do more. And maybe this explains the principle behind physical healing of illnesses and ailments and right there's no, if there's no correlation between 
Well, we've seen that with the placebo and the and the nocebo right. effect, right? Yeah. Right. It's that it's the patient's willingness to be healed, not the placebo that that does the work. Of course. Yes. Wow. Your wow, face wow, made wow. you whole. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with clients who who said, I just don't believe it, Jennifer. I don't believe I can have a happy marriage. I don't believe, you know, whatever. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And and they'd look at me and say, why do you believe it? And I'd say, because I can feel it, and I know it's true. So just have faith in my faith. Forget that you don't believe it. It doesn't matter that you don't believe it. I know it. Just rest in that. I know it. That your what you just said is how is the conviction that I want to have. I want yeah. to, to know it. And yeah. you're saying, don't worry about setting up a laboratory and roping everybody into an experiment that lasts twelve months so that we can gather up a book of before and after testimonials. Let's just quantum leap into what we know is already existing, what's already been installed. Yes, well, yes, Anna, I'm 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 not really saying don't do it. I'm just saying you don't have to do it to get yeah. the result. We yeah. don't have to work in form. Okay. I'd like to say hi. It's Angela. I joined uh, halfway in, so I just want to say hi. Hey. Hi. And one thing when, Christy, you were sharing, I was like, um, what I was hearing and what I've thought before is that I can really only be of service if I've had the experience or I have, um, you know, had the same experience or a deeper experience than my client, but I am not finding that now, that I even need to have the experiences that they, you know, I have someone I know who wants to work and they've just gone through a divorce of 20-year marriage. And, you know, I could go in thinking, well, I haven't had a 20-year marriage nor a divorce. Um, but it doesn't feel that way anymore. I can actually feel yeah. I can feel that it is spirit speaking through me. And it is, um, and I often say to the client, this is really you speaking to you. You are calling this out of me. This is your own wisdom. Like when they think it's not them and they think it's me advising or something, I always feel so moved because I'm like, wow, your consciousness is ready for this. That is what's being demonstrated through my questioning, through what's come out of this session. That's coming really from your your consciousness is ready for you to hear this. Exactly. Yes, beautifully said, too. So you can see how it's hubris to think you can't do it. It's ego to think you can't. And it's ego thinking, even in what I just said, is, is that little shaming voice of, well, you haven't, you haven't experienced you know, this A, B, C, and D. So how can you with certainty hold that knowing for your clients? Yeah, you're going to have to read the Encyclopedia of Life to uh, 
really be a good spiritual counselor from that point of view. And then you'll be off on that task while people are really needing you to just be with them and pray with them and and just be open. Mm-hmm. You know, one time uh, my best friend gave birth to um, her son and um, she had a very long, difficult labor and they finally decided to have a cesarean. And um, by the time they did the cesarean, um, uh, the baby was stressed, she was stressed, and um, she'd had a lot of drugs, trying to get, you know, everything working properly and all that, and then extra drugs drugs for the surgery, because it's major surgery. So she was recovering in the recovery room, and um, she was not doing well at all, blood pressure, temperature, uh, she looked green. She just, you know, and all the focus was on the baby. And so I stayed with her, and I had no idea what I was doing because this was quite a long time ago. And I just, I just put my hands over her body, and I just said, "I'm here. I know that whatever needs to happen is going to happen. I'll be a conduit for it, and I just know that this is going to work." You know, and I was just like, healing, healing's happening. And I I didn't have any methods, but I just knew it could work. And um, the nurse had come in right before I started doing that and taken all her vitals. And then she came back a few minutes later to check on her. And she saw what I was doing and she checked the vitals and she said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It's really working. It's really working. So I was like, yeah, God works. We just have to be willing to be our God self. So I just didn't entertain any idea that it couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Why would I? I really needed it to work. Yeah, well, you had that sense of urgency, and that's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's the same dynamic that you use when you're when you counsel people. Your assumption is once and done. I'm seeing you for one session, right? Right. Whereas with coaching or therapy or other modalities, it's like, well, I might need to see you for six sessions. It'll take that long for spirit to get its act together, you know, or whatever we're telling ourselves. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that concept of the quantum leap, like, you know, and I love the idea of when they look through, whatever it is they look through, a microscope, I'm sure it's something that has a different name, but they see the particle existing in two places at the same time. And and I love what you said about we don't have to travel and push through density and take a journey of evolution of consciousness. It doesn't take one year, two years, three years, four years to have the the breakthrough or to to utilize that power. Yeah, that's why my favorite quote from Ernest Holmes is the only time it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. Yes. Healing does not take time. Yeah. Well, how wonderful to have this 
beautiful connection and conversation. Yeah, thank you. To everybody. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Well, we've gone a bit over. I'm going to say a prayer. And um, I don't know if anybody had any burning question that they didn't get to ask. So let me just ask first before I pray us out. Anybody have a burning question that didn't get answered? All right. I'm just also going to mention, because I've got you here, um, we've had a little email challenge with the team. And um, this week, there's no year two class. That The first class is next week. I had sent out an email about that. Um, year three class is tomorrow at 7 p.m., Thursday at 7 p.m., and Ascension Pathway is Friday at 12. Um, so uh, that's our schedule this week for classes. I'm going to be sending out emails shortly about all that. Yeah. And these are all Eastern, what you're saying, right? It's 12 noon Eastern and 7 Eastern. Is that what you said? Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've learned to speak to my team. We're on so many different time zones. To speak to them all from the we we've made an agreement that we're always talking about everything in Eastern time zone from now on, no matter where I am, <laughs> so that uh, <clears throat> there's the consistency. We don't get confused. So, thanks for clarifying that. All right. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful that we're partnering up once again with the higher Holy Spirit self and giving ourselves permission to have a quantum leap in consciousness, in healing, in prosperity, in openness, in lovingness, in willingness. We are grateful and thankful to walk forth as the living love of God. We are grateful and thankful to be more willing than ever before. Grateful and thankful to let go of all false notions and to be a loving support to everyone in our lives. We open ourselves to a Niagara Falls of wisdom and abundance, beauty and truth, clarity and freedom. We are grateful and thankful that the wisdom of God is the wisdom of each one of us. We share the same mind. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. So uh, next month, we're going to be on the Zoom platform or whatever video platform we're using. And we're going to set up a second conference call for the community community call. We'll set that up in video too. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, first week of the month. So the first and the third weeks of the month. 
Great. So the third week will be the combo. It'll be the right. training call followed by community. Okay, got it. Yeah, so community call will be on Wednesday then, or it could be on a different day, but it could, it'll be after the uh, class call. So okay. the community call is going to be a video? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, and everybody can see everybody. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. So you have both options. Yeah. I love you all. Have a great evening. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. You too.